This is Brain Diet, episode 155, Six Things I Wish I Would Have Known When I Was First Diagnosed with an Autoimmune Condition. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. We are talking today about the things I wish I would have known when I was first diagnosed with my autoimmune condition. Six things, in fact, that I'm going to share with you that I wish I would have known. And I actually really enjoyed looking back at the things that I've learned over the last couple of years. And when I say things I wish I would have known, it's with a lot of love because everything went exactly the way that it was supposed to go. And I know that because that was the way that it went. But even knowing that, it's fun to reflect on all that you learn with time and with diligence and with a willingness to be open. And so as I share these things, it's not that they are necessary for a good experience, but more than that, it's just sharing the wisdom to hopefully be helpful in some way, but also to recognize that everyone's journey is going to be a little bit different. And the things that you will wish you knew at the time are just going to be part of your natural experience with whatever you are going through in your health. And of course, I do hope that if someone is in the beginning of a diagnosis and autoimmune journey, that they would hear this and benefit from this. But also, a lot of a health journey and the journey of a chronic illness brings lessons that just naturally come with time. And so as much as you can have people teach you, here's the best way to go about this. Oftentimes you can't really learn the lessons except by just going through it. And again, that sounds a little bit morbid, but, and hopefully there will still be value today (laughs) in this episode. But what I mean to say is that our experiences are meant to be what they are. And there are things we can do to help ourselves. And there are other things that we just have to learn. But hopefully, like I said, these things today will be valuable to anyone in any stage of their condition. Um, Things that have been valuable to me through my journey and have been um, really crucial to navigating everything for me. So let's dive in. Thing number one that I wish I would have known when I was first diagnosed is that different doctors will have different opinions and approaches. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just an important thing to remember. Because if you are like me, I felt like I was so out of my element. This was such a surprise. It was very out of left field to have this new diagnosis that I didn't even know what questions to ask or what resources to utilize. And so the doctor that I had at the time, I just kind of took every word he said as doctrine, as gospel. And he was amazing. I I don't mean to diminish how awesome this doctor was, but I do think it limited how much I supported myself because there were things he said that I didn't understand. There was a lack of support in many areas that I really needed. And I didn't know how to advocate for myself in this way because I didn't know what I didn't know. 
which is the case for all of us. And so when you are working with a clinical team, if it's in the beginning and you haven't had the experience under your belt of questions to ask and uh, multiple opinions to seek out, it's hard to know what to ask and how to go through it. So I like to remind myself even now and to remind those that might be in the beginning of an autoimmune journey that not all doctors are the same and they will have different opinions on you, your health and the proper approaches. They also have different bedside manners and, you know, just personalities. And it's worthwhile finding doctors, finding a clinical team that you trust and that you feel supported by. Granted, sometimes I know that our resources are limited and it's not really an option for us to get multiple opinions. And if that's the case, continue on with the support that you have. But if you have it available to you to seek out multiple opinions, then utilize that in order to take the best care of yourself possible. Because while one doctor may be really awesome for one person, they might not be awesome for me or for another person. And because these conditions can be scary and present a lot of unknowns in a person's life, it's worthwhile to find a team that you jive with that you trust. I also recommend, based on my own experience again, to keep a log of questions. I just have a running list in my phone, even still, years later, a running list of questions to ask at appointments because it seems like when I'm there and they're talking to me, it's usually an overload of information and it's hard to digest, let alone come up with useful questions to ask. And so to keep a log of questions to be able to ask is really helpful in helping you understand what's going on and helping you understand how to better approach your condition. Do not feel dumb for asking for things to be broken down even further. It's like that scene in the office when Michael Scott's like, can you explain this to me like I'm a 12-year-old? And then he starts explaining it to him. And he's like, can you explain it to me like I'm a (laughs) five-year-old? That is the experience that I have had in many offices where I'm like, listen, you are very smart. And I am not as smart as you, doctor. So please, can you break this down for me? And I've had to continually ask (laughs) for things to be broken down because A lot of it is difficult to understand and a lot of it is very scientific. And so don't feel stupid because if it's something that you want to know, then it's important that you advocate for yourself in this way to figure it out because no one is going to be a better advocate for you than you. Thing number two that I wish I would have known is that you don't have to try everything that people tell you to try. Now, this is something that is an interesting part of chronic illnesses is people will offer help and options for things to do. And 99.9% of the time it is done with good intent. I believe people are generous and saying, Hey, I heard of this thing that works and um, maybe it will work for you. And they might be offering whether it's treatments or people to meet with or therapies or diets or whatever it might be. People will oftentimes make recommendations or offer help along those lines. And I know that when I was going through it, it felt number one, really overwhelming. And number two, it felt like I was doing everything wrong was where I was like, Oh my gosh, there are so many things I could be doing to help myself. And I'm not doing enough. That was kind of the thought that I ended up having about people 
saying these things to me and offering these options. And very early on, I learned this lesson where I could just decide I'm doing enough. I'm doing my best because you are the safeguard of your limits. You are the only one that can enforce how much you are willing to do. And if there is something that you want to try that you're open to trying, then absolutely take people's recommendations and their offers. But don't let these types of recommendations lead you to believe that you aren't doing enough for yourself because that is a very painful thought to have and it is also an optional one. And so you get to decide what you try and what you don't and then you get to decide what you think about what you are and are not doing. And in my case, what I have adopted is this belief that I'm doing enough and if things still happen in my health, then it was always going to go that way. I just choose to believe that and it's so much more empowering and freeing as I navigate the different elements of this condition. Thing number three is that there are a lot of things that you can do to influence your condition. Now, I specifically added this after the, you don't have to try everything that people tell you to try because I want you to know that there is so much that you can do to help yourself. And I say that from a place of hope, that if you feel like you are hopeless in your health, that you won't ever be able to feel better, I want to offer you hope. And there are many things that can be done to influence your condition, all with the idea in mind that you safeguard those limits of what you are willing to do. There are things with diet, dietary approaches, and movement protocols and certain even supplement protocols that can have a drastic impact on the severity and the flares of a condition. There is a wide variety of different approaches. It's not like there is a one-size-fits-all diet for every condition, just like there isn't really for a body just in general either. There's no right approach, but there are many, many different ways to approach your diet and your exercise, and many of them could be effective. And so keep that in mind that if you are in the space of experimentation in finding out what makes you feel your very best, that there might be multiple ways to achieve that outcome. And it becomes your job to figure out which avenue is in the greatest alignment with how you want to live your life, how you want to eat, how you want to move. And within that, I just offer the recommendation to be willing to experiment again within your desired limits. Autoimmune nutrition is oftentimes an experimentation because a series of of experiments, just because there's not this one size fits all that we sometimes wish there was. But within that, experimenting within your limits and the things that you're willing to try, if there's something that you don't want to do, then don't do it. I know there's a lot of talk of elimination diets, and those can be very helpful in managing flares and managing inflammation. I am not dissing on those, but I think sometimes when people think about dietary approaches, that's the initial thing that comes to mind is, oh, if I want to feel better, I will have to eliminate this and this and this and this and this and this this on all the things. And again, there's a place for that and a system for that. And that's something that I take my clients through if necessary. And if that's something that they want to do, 
but it isn't necessarily the first line of defense that I like to implement when we are working to feel better with an autoimmune condition. And I say that with the caveat that naturally, if you don't want to do something, then don't do it. But what I mean is there are things that we don't want to do in the short term, but we really want to do for the general long term. So an example of this is like for me, unrelated to nutrition or exercise or any of those types of things, at nighttime, I have been very diligent with limiting screen exposure before I go to bed. And it makes a big difference with falling asleep, staying asleep and all of the things. But at nighttime, after the kids go to bed, I'm like, I just want to like get on my phone, scroll because TikTok's really entertaining. And I'm like, I just want to sit here and scroll. And in the moment, I don't want to stop. I don't want to limit my screen exposure. But in the general long term, I do want to do that, right? And so there are going to be things that you might not want to do in the short term, but you generally do in the long term. And you you are the one that has to figure out what that is for you. And when it comes to your health, maybe there are things that you want to eliminate that you're like, man, I don't want to in the short term, but I really do in the long term. And in that case, it's worth doing the work to, to implement that into your life. But there are also things in different dietary and fit fitness exercise approaches to autoimmune care that you don't want to do in the short term and you certainly don't want to do in the long term either. I know for me, there are many of those things and not because they're bad. It's just not in alignment with how I like to live. And so because of that, I don't experiment with those things and I don't blame myself for not trying those things. If I tried to do something that I just overall 100% didn't want to do now, didn't want to do tomorrow, didn't want to do 100%, then I'm likely not going to adhere. I'm not going to be compliant with whatever I'm trying to do because there's just not any desire whatsoever to do the thing. So that's for you to check in with yourself is what are the things that you want overall that maybe are difficult in the moment? And those are the things that I highly recommend you experiment with, even though it's a little bit uncomfortable in the moment because we have that desire for the long-term benefits. And it's worth it in that case. Number four thing that I wish I would have known is that there is a natural learning curve. As I mentioned earlier, there are some lessons and some things about your body, certain elements of how you respond to things and how you feel that simply take time to learn and to figure out. And so it's okay if it takes time. There are things you can do to help yourself and support yourself throughout the journey. And I recommend taking advantage of those. But Be patient with yourself and give yourself permission to take time to figure things out. It's okay. It's okay if it takes time. Time and paying attention to your body and your data then will be your best resource. If you're willing to allow for the time to collect data and to pay attention, then it will get easier. For example, I am coming up on another infusion of the cocktail that I'm on of chemo drugs and all the things. And at this point, I think it's like somewhere between 20 and 30, probably closer to 30 that I've done of these infusions. And I have really got it down to a science of exactly the timing of the medications that I need to take before, the timing of the ones after, the foods I need to be eating, the way I need to be moving, how, where to emphasize the sleep and all. Like I have done it enough times at this point to where I know exactly how to take care of myself in the best way even though they're still hard I know now how to navigate them but only because I've been through so many of them and I've learned like 
many of them I was up for like 36 hours afterward and I'm like why am I you know I why am I awake for this long and I've had to learn how to take certain things to help keep my schedule regular to help my body rest and all the things or basic symptoms or things aftermath all of it is I took it as data I would go through it and I'd be like okay that was really hard I'm going to take note of that because I bet there's something I can do to help myself the next time around and there are some things that I will never be able to plan for or accommodate for, but the difference between how my infusions look now versus how they look, how they looked years ago when I started is pretty drastic. And that's just because of the time that I allowed for myself to figure it out and the patience in paying attention to the data of how I felt and what I could do about it. Thing number five that I wish I would have known is that mental health care matters just as much as physical health care does. Getting to the right medical doctors was very important to me and very vital in getting the care that I needed quickly enough. Oftentimes, early diagnosis can be a huge advantage. And so for me, I prioritized that as much as I could. And again, there are certain limitations in the world of medicine, and that is just the nature of it. But as much as you can, we prioritize those things. We prioritize going to the doctor, getting the medications that we need, and so on and so forth. But just as much as that is important, the mental side of chronic illness is just as important because any physical pain or physical symptoms that you are experiencing can be compounded or exacerbated by mental pain. And I don't mean the cleansing pain that sometimes we want to feel in response to things, but I I mean the negative dialogue that we have running through our mind that isn't necessary and surely isn't helpful because if we're in pain in our body physically and we're talking to ourselves in a very unkind and even toxic way then we end up just compounding whatever pain we are in physical or mental and it goes the other way too is if we are in a lot of mental turmoil and we aren't being deliberate about it then it sends messages to the body right the body hears everything the mind says because when we think a thought, it creates an emotion. An emotion is an energy vibration that's happening in our body. And because of that, we have to be very mindful about what's happening inside our mind. Now, I say that with the reminder that I want to offer here that negative emotions throughout any human experience, they are necessary and they are in fact a very beautiful way to process through difficult things in our life. But skills are important to learn how to approach them in a healthy way. We need to have the structure and the support to move through the big emotions that come as a result of these health challenges in a way that actually helps us on the other side versus causing us to spiral and get worse and worse with what's happening in our brain with these negative emotions. And again, just to compound negativity on top of negativity. So I will never say that you should just be happy about your condition or that some people have it worse because I believe those thoughts are, for me at least, feel terrible to think. They certainly don't help me approach myself in a more kind way and they don't help me go out into the world in a more useful way. And so I just choose to look at any emotion that I experience as something that could be useful and could be helpful and could be very cleansing in a way. 
So negative and positive, it's all good. We just want the structure and the support to be able to navigate all of the elements. The sixth and final thing that I wish I would have known is that you know your body best. And I don't mean that you are the medical professional. I'm not suggesting that we don't get that care where we need it. But what I mean is that advocating for yourself is very important, especially in the world of autoimmune conditions, because whether by doctors or just by everyday folks, symptoms and conditions can often be dismissed and not paid attention to when perhaps they should. So pay attention to your body and trust yourself. Trust that what you are feeling and what you are noticing is important and it matters, even if other people dismiss it. Because people will, and that's fine. It's not their job to pay attention to you. It's your job. It's your job to advocate for yourself. It's your job to push a little bit harder for things that might not be seen as valid. Your body is an amazing being that exists with so many cool parts and structures and processes and no one's going to be in your body feeling what you're feeling. So you have to be the one to advocate for yourself and to pay attention to things and don't dismiss yourself. It's okay if other people do, but it's not okay if you do. You pay attention to you and you advocate for yourself. Those are these six things that since I've been diagnosed, I wish I would have known. And since it's only been three and a half years since I was diagnosed, I am certain that I will learn a great deal more, just as you probably will too. You will probably learn a great deal more about your health, about your life in the next five, 10 years. We all do because with time comes knowledge. But pay attention to what you have learned and how you can capitalize on it and be willing to learn more things. Because the more you can learn about your body, the more you can make decisions to use it in your favor and to nourish it and to capitalize on what it can do and what is awesome about it. Bodies are amazing. I love mine. I recommend you love yours no matter what. That is all I have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.